headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the Pods Moving and Storage Studio. It's the Ramsey Show, where debt is dumb, cash is king, and the paid-off home mortgage has taken the place of the BMW as the status symbol of choice. We help people build wealth, do work that they actually love, and create real, amazing relationships. This is a show about your life and your money. Christina Ellis Ramsey Personality is my co-host today. The phone number is 888-825-5225. That's 888-825-5225. Joe's in Lansing, Michigan to start off this hour. Hey, Joe, what's up? Hey, Dave. It's an honor to speak with you. You too. How can we help? So I'm a little nervous to say this uh, to Dave Ramsey himself, but I typically use credit cards for all my day-to-day transactions. <gasps> what? I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually wanting to switch over to cash, but every time I do switch to spending with cash, it seems like I actually spend more, mm-hmm. even if I do stay within my budget. Mm-hmm. For example, if I'm like at the grocery store and I have, say, $50 left in my budget towards the end of the month, mm-hmm. um, if I'm using cash and it's sitting there in my envelope, I'll go and grab a couple steaks, maybe a, a you know case of beer or something. Whereas if I'm using a credit card, already knowing that I've racked up four hundred bucks on this month's statement, it really keeps me away from mm-hmm. you know spending that little extra money and making that statement hurt that much more when it comes in the mail. So my question is basically, how can I kind of get over that mental hurdle and switch to using cash so I don't have to do business with people like Visa and Mastercard? <laughs> Okay. Well, the, um, the, the the principle of this whole thing, the old grandma's old envelope system, and if you have a grocery envelope and you have the money for your grocery budget in the envelope, you can't spend that money on anything except groceries, and you can't spend, uh, you know, it's all, and, and when it's empty, you quit buying. And so your problem is you're ending up with money left over, which means you might be overfunding the envelope. Okay. You might be um, over. You might be overfunding the category, but the overall idea behind the thing is, and uh, is that we figured out years ago at Ramsey that personal finance is eighty percent behavior, and so mm-hmm. when we can do things that create friction, that create rec- mental and emotional recognition of spending, then it tends to lower and control spending within a category. So, for instance, a a more sophisticated version of that is on a website, if you have to click too many times and do too many hoops to make make the purchase, people will bail on the cart. Yeah, I've done that plenty of times. Jump out (laughs) because there's too much friction. The opposite end of that is Amazon Prime. You click buy now and it's on your porch in an hour or two. You know, and so that's the ultimate and low friction situation. But what we what the research tells us and and research done by MIT is that when people spend cash, it activates the pain centers of their brain. When you spend plastic, it does not. And And, and I've heard you say that. Yeah, but but it's not it's not working with you for some reason. I don't know what's wrong with your brain, but (laughs) (laughs) right, right. (laughs) So I I don't care. I don't care what I would tell you to do if you want to is uh, switch to a debit card, not a credit card, and that's coming out of your checking account. And that way, there's no chance that you accidentally overspend a category and end up in debt. And then if you want to do that, that's fine. Uh, years ago, I did that, for instance, with the uh, gas pump. When I mm-hmm. started teaching this, you still had to go inside the store to pay for your gas. That I mean, this 35 years ago, right? And, uh, now, and then they put those things at the pump where you don't even have to walk inside, and you stick your card in there. And, you know, what's interesting is the upheaval 
on high gas prices when you had to walk in the store and pay cash. The political uh, firestorm was much higher because people noticed what they were paying. But when you don't even have to walk inside and you just put your little card in there and the only aggravation is you see a large number, but that's the only thing, then the political firestorm associated with high gas prices isn't as high uh, because they're really string the president up the first time it went to $5 and we all paid cash. Now it's just kind of right. like, eh, well, it's one of those things. And so, uh, but that's what's going on. So I would use your debit card. Christina, you got a suggestion? Yeah, I'm curious. You said that you'll walk into the grocery store sometimes with $50 and then go get some steaks and a case of beer. That sounds like more than $50. Have you had the experience? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? What kind of cheap steak are you eating, man? <laughs> Have you had the experience when you get to check out and it's more than the $50? Or what's kind of been your parameters uh, no, with that? I- I, I more meant one or the other, not both at the same time. Yeah, that put me over fifty dollars. Um, <laughs> I'm like, that's kind of expensive. My default setting is very frugal. I'm, yeah. I'm well yeah. under my means as is. I maybe I'm just you know getting too nitpicky about it, but yeah. Um, no, I think yeah, I think you know what what it amounts to is, is you don't get um uh you 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 very seldom were overspending before you met us, right. And so all we're doing is giving you some guidelines and some mechanical processes. So yeah, what baby step are you in right now? Um, I guess technically I'm in six, but I'm doing more than the fifteen percent in my retirement. That's awesome. Yeah, very good. It doesn't feel like I'm in six yet. I still feel like I'm a young and. <laughs> yeah, you, you know what? You need to buy more stuff. You're too cheap. <laughs> you need to enjoy some of your money. Really? I'm I feel being, like I'm, I don't have any to enjoy still. I mean, I know. I'm I, thinking, I, you know, yeah. well, you had some left over and didn't want to buy a steak. I mean, so I want you to enjoy some of your money a little bit at the grocery store. That's okay. You don't have to be on beans and rice at this stage. And so yeah. here, here's the thing a lot of people, uh, most people that we deal with are spenders in our culture, but occasionally we run into a frugal person like you, and we all have to learn all three. We have to develop all three money muscles the generosity muscle the saving investing muscle and the spending muscle and the spending muscle means wise spending but doing some we have to enjoy money we have to save and invest it and we have to be generous and if you're not doing and frugal people tend to leave that one off and spenders tend to not do either one of the other ones because they just spend it all on themselves but um but that that's what we run into right i don't think that he expected such an affirming response after calling it about credit cards (laughs) (laughs) well there is that but yeah yeah i would chop up the credit card for sure and get a debit card that's not a question um and you know we're we're anti-credit card here there's just uh, so many things that can go wrong with the use of a credit card and the the debit card will do everything the credit card will do has the same fraud protections i travel all over the world my debit cards i don't have any issues with them that are any of you don't have with your credit card all of us get the fraud alert you know sometimes and you know and all this and did you buy three dollars worth of gas in canada nope i didn't (laughs) um so something wrong there that we all get those things right but uh but but you know so i carry debit cards that's all i carry our company has debit cards hundreds of them with our you know our team that travels and everything else and so uh and they use cash as well uh, we don't have a company credit card at ramsey none of us do and we don't even have and i certainly don't have any at home although christina full disclosure after 30 years of doing this i'm still trying to get sharon to call it a debit card what does she call it she still says hand me the credit card after 35 no. years of me telling people not to use a credit card, my own wife is a traitor. 
No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, she actually knows what it is, but she just forgets. She's like, give me the credit card. And I'm like, no, don't say that out loud. Somebody will hear you. You're Sharon freaking Ramsey. That'll You'll start a rumor. There'll be a whole Reddit thread over you. <laughs> this is The Ramsey Show. Hey guys, it's Rachel Cruz here to tell you about a faith-based alternative to health insurance that can make healthcare more affordable, Christian Healthcare Ministries. CHM allows members to share each other's healthcare costs, and it's as easy as one, two, three. Step one, choose the healthcare provider you want. Step two, submit your eligible bills. And step three, get reimbursed. CHM members take care of your eligible medical bills. With no network and the freedom to choose your healthcare provider, CHM is the best option for Christians who want to take care of their families and help other believers. Find out more at chministries.org slash budget. That's chministries.org slash budget. Christina Ellis, Ramsey personality, number one best-selling author, is my co-host today. JW is with us in Atlanta. Hi, JW. How are you? Hey, how are y'all? Better than we deserve, sir. How can we help? So I just started listening to you about a month ago. Um, I never really known about you or anything, and I'm trying to figure out how much of a stupid butt millennial I am and. <laughs> <laughs> what baby step that I'm on, which way I should be focusing my gazelle intensity. Uh, I'm kind of lost at the moment, and I don't really know which way to go. Well, tell us about your situation right now. Um, do you have How much debt do you have? Uh, the only debt that I have is my house. I've never owned a credit card, and I've never bought anything that I couldn't pay for. Okay. Well, that sounds like a good start. Tell well, us you about- may know a stupid butt millennial, but you're not one of them. Okay, so we've already got that ahead. All right. I, but I am curious. Um, why, why do you think you're making stupid butt decisions? Well, I mean, some of what you guys say is, you know, I've always just kind of done it off of common sense or what I believe was common sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, so I'm trying to figure out. Well, the only I difference is I sell it. i know that you guys normally promote paying off all your debt before you start putting money into your 401k or not counting your your house college funds yeah not counting your house but your house you're you're debt free except your house you said right yes sir okay that's great and i bought my house about five years ago um i owe about another five years and it'll be paid off how old are you? Um, 32. Way to go, dude. Yeah. You're killing it. Yeah, that's that's yeah. excellent. So you would be in baby steps four through six right now, which um, it sounds like you're investing right now. How much are you investing into retirement? I put 30% of my paycheck into my IRA. Okay. Well, we typically recommend 15% of your income. And then baby step five is paying for your kids' college. Do you have kids? 
Yes, ma'am. Okay, so we'd want you saving in a 529 plan and then paying off your house early, which it sounds like you're already really motivated in doing that. You could could just increase that a bit, take some of that 30%, take 15% of that and throw that towards your house. But you're doing awesome. Okay. Yeah, the only fine tune we might do is turn down your retirement a little bit, down to 15. Make sure you're doing something for your kids if you're not already, and dumping all it no, on the house. So the house might be done in like three years. Oh, that'd be great because it stresses me out big yeah. time. And then if it was done in like three years instead of five years because you're only putting 15% in retirement instead of 30, you follow me? If that happened, mm-hmm. then then you would be at what we call baby step seven. And when you're there, that's the last baby step. That's just build wealth and give. And you max out all retirement and uh, you pile up cash and you're outrageously generous. And you, you know, you've lived like no one else and now you're ready to live and give like no one else. Man, I will say, JW, you surprised me. When you said stupid bet decisions, I was ready for something juicy. <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we were thinking you might be the caller of the week. But no, no, you're just uh, you're just a, just a smart guy. I mean, you're way ahead of the curve. Yeah, the stuff we teach is common sense. It's God's and grandma's ways of handling money. It lines up with what the scriptures teach about money and what grandma or these days great grandma, because some grandmas today ain't getting common sense, but great grandma. Uh, for sure. It used to be called common sense to live on less than you make, always have some money set aside for an emergency, always being, you know, planning for the future called retirement and kids college, always be avoiding debt. If you can't pay for something, that means you don't need to buy it. Uh, it keeps you out of debt. It's a, um, you know, it's a different mentality than uh, 90 something percent of the public has today. And so uh, Christina and I got a big job. Right. But the thing is, is it's not complicated. I think part of the reason that he thought he wasn't winning with money was because he's like, this is simple. Like I've been following these principles and it's common sense since it's simple. I must be doing something wrong, but but it yeah. really is simple. Well, it's, it's not easy. There, but it's there simple. is this thing out there and it's been there for the whole 30 years I've been on the air. I've noticed it is that people there's and I, I actually have fallen prey to it in the past, not in a long, long time, but there's this thing that if it's not complicated, it must not be good mm. when it comes to money. Like if it's real simple, it must be wrong because, I mean, it has to be complicated if it's money. It has to be hard to understand if it's money. If it's not sophisticated, you know, it, it must be wrong. And, and the truth is the stuff we teach and the stuff that works the best is very easy to understand but hard to do because you have to control the idiot in your mirror. And the guy in my mirror is my problem. If I can get that guy to behave, he can be skinny and rich. But he's got issues. And, you know, that's a problem. I like donuts. You know, it's a problem. It's a problem. And so, um, you know, we all have this. And, you know, Rachel likes Amazon Prime. Click, 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 click. And stuff keeps showing up on her porch. You know, it's like, turn that thing off. And so we all do this stuff, right? And, and if we can control our behaviors, personal finance is 80% behavior. That's why it feels like it's... It should be harder. It should be more complicated. But it, but when you actually face the demons, it is hard mm. because the, it's the demons that are the problem. It's not the math. The math's easy. Right. And uh, But, yeah, J.W., we always say around here that uh, common sense is so rare. If you get it, it's like having a superpower. <laughs> All right. Noah is with us in Chicago. Hey, Noah, what's up? Hey, thanks for taking my call. Um, just have a quick question. Um my wife and I, we have some, some student loans. Uh, we have a, a Roth IRA with an amount that could just about pay off all of the student loans. 
Uh, would you recommend that we cash that out and, and, and just pay off the student loans and be done with it? Nope. Okay. Nope. How much is in your student loans? Uh, about 30000 And what's your household income? Um, six figures. Well, what's six figures? 900000 or 105000 <laughs> uh, 120000 Okay, good. Good for you. Well done. How old are you guys? Uh, we are 25. Good for you. Okay. I would stop adding to your Roth IRA because you've been aggressively okay. investing while not paying off your student loan. Okay. And if you stop adding to your IRA and stop adding to anything except attacking these student loans, they become your singular mathematical focus. Do nothing but attack those things with a freaking vengeance. Like, ah! Right? Yeah. Okay. And you're going to have those things paid off in about 18 months if you do that. Okay. 2500 a month, you're done in a year. Well, and that feeling that you feel right now, that desire to quickly get it all paid off, that's a good feeling. Just use that to turn it into gazelle intensity, to use that motivation to do the work day in, day out, to knock out baby step two and pay off those loans. But the fact that you feel that kind of gross feeling where you're like, ugh, I want these out of my life, like lean into that and use that as motivation. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. You know, when you have a, a, a you know, bottle whatever feelings you've got negative or positive and point them at these loans and that's you know it's like anything where you're feeling real positive but anything where you're pissed off or scared you know aim it at that and just and then get it get it get after it stop all the stupid no going out to eat no uh no vacations we're cleaning this mess up these aren't pets they're loans get rid of them well, y'all make good money, so you can knock this out pretty quick. And the sacrifices, the not going out to eat, the not going on vacation, it's just for a season. And once these are gone, you're 25 years old, you're going to have such freedom after that and time yeah. to really invest. I was cracking up. We've got these glass boards that are like three feet by two feet that we have outside the studio. When people do their debt-free screams in the studio here or in the lobby, they sign you know, there's how much debt they paid, their name, the date, that kind of stuff. And I was walking, and then we every time they get full, we move the glass boards, and they're all over the building from all the years of the debt-free scream. So our good people get to walk around. I walked past one of them that we just put up the other day, and a guy, you know, he paid off $93,000 in student loans, and the note was, suck it, Sally Mae. <laughs> <laughs> I was cracking up. <laughs> So that's it. Give old Sally Mae the old eviction notice. Put the old woman in the street. She ain't paying her rent. She needs to go. (laughs) This is The Ramsey Show. Are you sick of planned obsolescence? You know, when companies make products crappy, so you have to buy more of their crappy products. Well, me too. And it's why I love companies like Grip6. Grip6 is all about quality products meant to last forever. That's why their comfortable, bulk-free belts, slimline wallets, and lightweight wool socks all come with a lifetime warranty and simple returns and exchanges. So check them out at Grip6.com today and get up to 20% off with the promo code RAMSEY. 
Christina Ellis, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today in the lobby of Ramsey Solutions on the Dead Free Stage. Peter and Angelica are with us. Hey guys, how are you? Good. Great. How are you? Hi. Hey Dave. Than, welcome. Hey, welcome. Christina. Good to have you. How much debt have you paid off? It was a hundred forty-seven thousand three hundred and seventy-five and sixty-eight cents. I think. There you go. Yeah. Good enough. And how long did this take? Twenty-two months. Twenty-two months. Yes. Okay. And your range of income during that time? It's about one hundred sixty. Okay. What do y'all do for a living? I'm a home care nurse. Mm-hmm. And I'm a paralegal slash I have uh, my clinic business as well. Oh, excellent. Excellent. And uh, where do you guys live? Uh, about a half hour outside of Boston. Hudson. Hudson, ah, Massachusetts. Yes. Okay. Welcome to Nashville. That's a bit of a trip. Yes. All right. Good to have you. So Thank what started this whole process to get you guys out of debt 22 months ago? Um well, it, it, what started, it was about six years ago, we took uh, FPU after we'd been married for about a year, and I brought a lot of student loans, credit card loans into our marriage. Uh, Angelica brought a tiny bit, but not, not too much. Most, <laughs> mostly it was me. Um, we took FPU, uh, Connect Church in Massachusetts, and uh, that started it. It took us about a year to pay that off, and then we spent a couple of years saving up for uh, a down payment. And then um, 22 months ago is when we kind of pulled the trigger with paying the mortgage off quickly. Uh, this is your house. Yes. 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 <laughs> you paid off your house. I'm, I'm talking yes. to weird people. <laughs> hey. Yes. Wow. Amazing. That wasn't much of a mortgage. No, it wasn't. Well, we, we, no. we put a good down payment down. You know, we, we, we followed the baby steps. We did 3B for, for a while. You know, we saved up our emergency fund in 3B and then uh, got our retirements going and everything yeah. uh, with our... With our with our more and we bought small, you know, we, we bought a we bought a condo. We kept conservative, you know. We said we want to we want to we want to be able to have some margin, so we yeah. want to pay off the house quickly. So good for you guys! Wow, that's so right. t- looked up twenty two months ago and said, oh, let's just go ahead and knock this out. Let's do it. Yeah, yes. just keep on the plan. Just stay on the plan. Just stay on the plan. Exactly. Yes. Wow, it all starts with Financial Peace University when you first get married. Yeah, yes. about a year into it, yeah. after we kind of were just looking around without a plan on how to. How to get rid of my loans. <laughs> I just love how much joy is completely radiating off you all. Like, you can just feel it before before you guys came on the stage. It's like you could just feel happiness. And that's what it feels like when you pay off your house. When you're completely debt-free, it's a whole it's a whole different world. So, what did this journey look like for you all? Oh, boy. Do you want to? I don't know. It was hard at first, but we keep always... Our mindset with no, we have uh, the eyes on a prize and the final prize, and we keep praying and be focused. And we know the budget is important, but we think mindset and pray and be diligent. As a Christian, we believe we believe that we have to be a good steward and manage God's money well. So it's not ours; it's just temporary. And um, in 2020, when we we start paying off the house, um, Ethan was born also, and um, was a really tough time. It was in March 2020. We, he right was born. the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. Yes. All the and isolation. And it was kind of crazy because Peter as a nurse, it was really frightening for me to see, you know, like it was really, really hard. But we trust the plan and say, okay, we saved some money. We had $20,000 um, after he was born and we put it down right away. Mm-hmm. And then we accelerated the, the remain yeah. amount. Way yeah. to go, you guys. Way to go. That's Thank awesome. Powerful. You don't have a payment in the world. What's this house worth today or this condo? A little over 300. 
How much in your retirement accounts? Uh, combined, close to 100000 So we, we play and say, we are caught a million. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're getting there. We're getting yeah, you're a little over a half a million net worth now. <laughs> yes. Right at it. Yeah, yeah. a little over, yeah. yeah. Way to go, y'all. Way to go. How old are you? I'm 36. 30, 38. Yeah. yeah. So 45, you guys are going to be millionaires. Yeah. Hey. That, that's Amen. where you'll be. Hey, Wait, no, you guys. Speak it. That's so fun. That is so fun. Who are your biggest cheerleaders in the process? I got to say my coworker, Tabitha. Uh, she, she, she became a Dave convert in the middle of our uh, baby step two process, two and three. Um, and, um, you know, my parents and our FPU leaders back at Connect Church. Um, who else? Each other. Yeah. My mom as well. I'm from Brazil, so she was very excited to see this achievement. I'm here almost 10 years, and I came from less than nothing. I just had my education from Brazil, and here I met he, Peter with so much debt. And I heard people say, why are you going to get married? And he's so, you know, so much debt. Are you crazy? But well, he was so worth every penny, you know, such a man, you know, like God, man. You say he's good looking. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know. I think I married up. <laughs> He's just, you know, a, a perfect husband that, you know, followed Jesus Christ. And that was most important for me than paying off, you know, the, the debt per se. So. Amen. Well, you can get out of debt if you have a plan. Yes. And, yes. Uh, yeah, we tell folks all the time, we would never tell someone not to get married because of debt. Mm-hmm. We would tell you not to get married if you're not in agreement about it. And you're both in agreement about it. We're going to do this. You jumped into Financial Peace University knock out his student loans and then here we go not go ahead and just finish it up and yes. 22 months ago decide oh we're going to do the mortgage and now we're 100 percent out and you're in your mid-30s y'all are in a great place i'm so proud of you thank you thank you so your mom's jumping up and down huh she will when she sees it yeah yes, she <laughs> she, she's very excited for how i accomplished well if i switch the currency in brazil i'm millionaire out there yeah. <laughs> i'm multi-millionaire in brazil so <laughs> that's great it feels great <laughs> that'll work too so i like it so for all the newlyweds who are just starting out and maybe one spouse is coming into the marriage with a lot of debt and one's a little bit nervous about it what advice would you give them as they start their journey boy be honest obviously that's that's one thing that's very important uh what else pray together pray yeah, yeah. prayers that was a big th- big thing throughout the whole process mm-hmm. is even though we've got this plan that we know it's going to work because you know we've, we've been watching the show for a while that you you know times get tough and you got to pray and and uh even even getting extra work that you can handle mm-hmm. requires prayer and grace you know we make our plans and god directs our steps and yes. uh you do have to be on the same page. <laughs> I like that little like eyebrow yeah. raise where you're like, you got to be on the same page. <laughs> yes. That's a, a good word. Deal. Good job, you guys. I'm so proud of y'all. Thank well done. You, Very well done. Thanks for making a trip all the way from Boston to celebrate with us. We're honored to meet you and see you and, and hear this great story. You guys have got a bright, bright future ahead of you. We got a copy of Baby Steps Millionaires for you because that is the next chapter in your story. In American dollars, you'll be there before you know it. <laughs> and uh, a, baby, a, a financial peace membership for the next year, you can give that to someone. That's what started your whole journey. And uh, that'll get going. And, of course, a Total Money Makeover book as well. So let's bring Peter in and introduce him. Oh, it's Ethan. I'm Ethan. sorry. Ethan in and introduce him. It's I'm Ethan. sorry. Oh. And uh, 
So how old is Ethan? <laughs> Two and a half. Oh, he's oh, beautiful. Sweet. Good looking guy. I'm not surprised. <laughs> Very well. Good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> All right. It's Peter, Angelica, and Ethan. Boston, Massachusetts, 147,000. House and everything at 36 years old. Making Did that in 22 months, making 160. Count it down. Let's hear a debt-free scream. Tres, Tres dos, dos We're debt-free. That is fun. That was amazing. That's got to get you. Oh, it gets me with the baby. I had a pandemic baby as well to hear their journey and the perseverance through it. Your mom is. My mom's an immigrant. Venezuelan, right? mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Venezuelan. And to see her face and that scream and the jump. Woo. That's it. Even the Spanish countdown. That's good. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or was it no, is Brazil's Portuguese? Portuguese. Yeah, okay. But the, yeah. the tres dos uno sounds very simil- yeah, similar. Yeah, okay. I thought, yeah, okay. Very good. Very good. I love it. Way to go, you guys. That's powerful stuff. So, I don't know what your story is out there, but let me tell you this. You can decide, starting right now, right this second, to have a different story. Right now, you're listening to them. You may not be in the same situation they're in. Maybe better, maybe worse. But you can decide. You have the power. You don't have to wait on someone else to fix your life because guess what? They're not going to. It's up to you. Pray like it all depends on God. You work like it all depends on you. This is The Ramsey Show. Scripture of the day, 1 Thessalonians 1.3, we remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Christopher Reeve said, once you choose hope, anything is possible. Christina Ellis, Ramsey personality, number one best-selling author, is my co-host today. Cameron is in Houston. Hi, Cameron. How are you? Hi, Dave. Hi, Christina. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. What's up? Uh, we're on baby steps four, five, and six, but I feel like we're a little stuck in neutral. My wife is very concerned about using a financial advisor. Um, she, she thinks she's heard too many horror stories of people losing everything uh, from other people handling their money. But I've told her I'm, I'm in need of additional guidance, and, and I want to maximize our finances moving forward. Um, do you have any advice for helping assuage her concerns or anything that I could tell her or, or discuss with her that might help us move forward? I love that she's cautious about this. Okay? There are two right. kinds of fear. The fear that keeps you from playing kickball in the middle of the interstate where there's 18 wheelers or touching a hot stove those are good fears right Mm -hmm. Right. uh and you know fears that make you wary of crooks are good fears um and i will tell you this truthfully 
the thing that scares me more than crooks are well-intentioned ignoramuses that are enthusiastic. They will screw you up with money more often and and screw you up in life more often than actual crooks because there are more of them. Um, Right. And so I I love her caution in that. The other kind of fear is false evidence appearing real. I once heard about a family that had a car wreck, and so I refused to drive a car. Okay. That's where she is. Okay. Okay. So how do you solve that for someone that has this fear that is um, based in that is based in a good kind of cautious wisdom but has gone too far the only way i know to solve it is with information now the way i would do that is this um if it was my wife i would say okay you know what i completely understand because by the way i do i could say this truthfully i completely understand that people sometimes get completely ripped off by people in the financial world because sometimes they do but i do know there are some good people in that world that also help people and I don't know how to do this without some help. And so what I'm asking of you is not that we invest money with someone, not that we make the decision to use an advisor, but that you agree to do three meetings with advisor with an advisor or advisors to learn okay. about that industry because you and I don't know about it. All I'm asking you yeah. to go is to listen and to learn. If at the end of that, you remain completely opposed to it, then we'll deal with that. Because here's the thing. There's more regulations on those guys, dude, than there is on banks. Oh, wow. Okay. I mean, they are so regulated out the yin-yang, it's unbelievable. I don't know how they get any work done for the stupid feds sticking in their ear hole all the time. <laughs> it's nuts. Okay. I mean, they have to give you a prospectus that says you're going to lose all your money in the first 17 pages before you can even see the actual investment analysis behind it. And this is an, this is an investment that's been open 85 years and has not had but five down years. But you still have to say you're going to lose all your money. And they, say, and they make you say stupid butt stuff like uh, past performance is not indicative of future performance. Of course it is. That's dumber than crap. But they make right. you say stuff like that. You know, of course it is. It's not a guarantee of future performance, but it's the only way you do forecasting in investments or business. You have to use past performance to do it. So anyway, my point is when you get in there with a good financial advisor and say, just tell them the truth. She's scared because she thinks there's so many crooks in this business and tell them ahead of time. Show us what the safeguards are. Tell us how the industry works to protect us if you're a crook. And if they're offended by you saying that, get out of their office because I, if I was in that business, I would love to have this conversation and tell right. the uninitiated how regulated that world is. Um, it's, it's nuts. But anyway, all that to say, I think the other thing that will happen as a sidebar is she'll see a human being that, right. is, that she will sense with her spirit is a good person or is a bad person. Okay. And you yeah. Tr- yeah, and you've got you got to trust her when she says that. Absolutely. Now, all of our meetings so far have been over the phone, but we do have some in-person meetings scheduled soon. Yeah. So I think this will be a good uh, yeah. good way to do it. If we show us the safeguards, might be the best way to no, just to, to just it. tell them the truth. She does not want to do this because she's afraid of all the crooks in the business and the stupid people in the business. Tell us why you're not that or that that's not. Meet with our smart investor pros if you can, dude. Click on RamseySolutions.com, get with some of them because they will relish because they have the heart of a teacher 
And this is this is like you're going to give them the opportunity to do what they love to talk about. Right. Okay. Yeah, and we've done a lot of the vetting too, so we're only going to recommend people that we trust. Yeah. So hopefully that. Uh, but I, it always scares me when we do that because sometimes people will go in there and do business with them just because we trust them. I would rather you trust them, you vet them, you get in there. But I mean, we vetted them. We feel good about them. And one of the things we vetted is they're going to have the heart of a teacher. And so just, you know, what are the types of investments I should be scared of? What are the types of people I should be scared of? And how does that work? And I'm really scared and I don't even want to be here. I would encourage her to say all of that. And if they raise their hackles up and are offended, get out of their office. Don't use them. Okay. Okay. Because I think a good one will say rise to the challenge on this and go, I thank you for letting me tell people how this all works because i don't get to tell many people how screwed up our business is by the few crooks that are out there because truthfully there's a lot more crooks in the real estate business than there are in the financial business because real estate business is relatively unregulated mm. i mean there's a little bit of regulation but not much and there's not many crooks in the real estate business either it's there you know you're not taking people's money there you're just doing a transaction most of the time so but i mean golly i think a lot it of people- is so i mean I mean, and there's a lot more idiots in the banking world, a thousand times more idiots than there are in the financial advising world because the, the tests are so hard to get in there, number one, but number, number it just requires a level of intellect to get in there, gray matter, and you don't have to do that to work in a bank. Right. Well, I think a lot of people get into these situations and they feel like they're being interviewed. They sit down with an advisor or a real estate agent and they feel like, oh, gosh, I got to be interviewed. But it's like you are still hiring that person. Like you get to ask questions. You get to dig deeper. Yeah. And you feel feel inept because you don't know. Right. I mean, anytime you go into a situation and the expert is there, Mm. you feel like, 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 you know, and I, but man, I tell you what, the best thing ever happened to me in my life is I learned to bow up on those people and make them prove themselves and by teaching me. Right. Like, I'm not, you don't need to be my lawyer if you can't teach me how we're going to win. You know, you don't need to be my tax guy if you can't teach me why we're doing this and what's going on. You, you know, I, I don't have to be as good as you. I don't have to know everything you know, but you got to be able to transfer the knowledge enough that I get comfort because I'm not doing it because you said so. You ain't my daddy. Right. You know, I said so. Bull crap. My right. money. You know, we're not doing that. So that's the thing. You got to get to there. And I love his wife's spirit for that reason. I think it'll lead them to really good, solid, conservative investments that they won't get screwed on. That's a wonderful thing. So, folks, you're always looking for someone with the heart of a teacher. Yes. If they're condescending or they're offended by you asking hard questions, which is a form of arrogance or condescension, um, if they um, expect you to do stuff just because they said so, you got the wrong people, whether it's mortgage people, real estate people, insurance people, uh, lawyers, uh, financial advisors. You're looking for the heart of a teacher around the financial world. And I got to tell you, more people learn how to sell in the financial world than learn how to teach. Mm. So the teachers are harder to find, and that's the only people I work with, the only people I'd tell you to work with. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Be willing to look around, ask those hard questions, and and really explore for yourself. I love her heart that she wants to see. Oh, yeah. That's a good place to be in. It's a it's a healthy. There's, there's the unhealthy side of fear that makes her maybe not want an advisor. But being cautious and going in and interviewing people, that's wisdom. Yeah. Instead of just going, I turn it all over to my man. That goes to and my And the church. man lost the money. No, no, you are the man. You, you don't turn it over. You get somebody to advise. You're in charge. So I love, yeah, she's sitting in the driver's seat, man. That's awesome. 
Good stuff. Good job, Christina, today. Good job to James, Andrew, Zach, Ben, Austin in the booth. I am Dave Ramsey, your host. We'll be back with you before you know it. In the meantime, remember, there's ultimately only one way to financial peace, and that's to walk daily with the Prince of Peace, Christ Jesus. Have you been inspired to make a change with your money? Want to know where to start? Take our three-minute money quiz to get a plan you can follow. Go to RamseySolutions.com and search for Get Started to get a plan for your money.